The thing I just want to put on your radar as we start this journey um, is that this is a, it's a hardcore story that we're engaging with. It's right that the church fathers said this is something to look at every year because this is a big deal. Um, I am a part of a number of Facebook groups for pastors online, you know, on Facebook and that sort of thing, like these groups where pastors kind of swap notes and stuff. And so I'm part of a few... Um, not, the vineyard's terrible at all that stuff, so I've got a few other things that I'm... And like one of the pastors the other day was like, oh, you know, has anyone got any good ideas about what to preach about in December? <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Now, I'm not normally a Facebook troll, you know, <laughs> and that was the toughest I've ever had to work to not just put the giant rant on, like, what do you mean what you talk about on, on the Christmas season? They wanted to talk about, you know, Christmas at the movies or something. I'm like, no, it's Advent. We talk about the coming of Jesus Christ during the season, and we do so every year because it's turned the world upside down. It's a scandalous story. When you stop and think about it, and this is the challenge of the season that we would, that we would stop and think about what this means for us, but also what it reveals about the nature of God, that he would come like this. So I want to I talk about this morning, this idea that we love to sanitize the Christmas story. We love to sanitize, like we love the hallmark kind of cards where it's all nice and tidy and these cute little angels and these tidy little animals and this very well-managed little manger. We just love sanitizing the story of Christmas, but I want to remind us this morning that it's a messy story. Let me open with this. Philip Yancey in his book, uh, The Jesus I Never Knew, wrote this. The God who came to earth came not in a raging whirlwind nor in a devouring fire. Unimaginably, the maker of all things shrank down, down so small as to become an ovum, a single fertilized egg barely visible to the naked eye, an egg that would divide and redivide until a fetus took shape, enlarging cell by cell inside a nervous teenager. The God who roared, who could order armies and empires like pawns on a chessboard, this God emerged in Palestine as a baby who could not speak or eat solid food or control his bladder, who depended on a teenager for shelter, food and love. We've got to think about what this means. Like that is, when in Philippians 2, when Paul says he became nothing, he genuinely became nothing. Like the vulnerability of our God is revealed in this season like no other season. That he would love us so much, and love is always vulnerable. You're always open to rejection, and it's just a dangerous thing to love vulnerably. And God comes into the world because he loves it so much in the form of this little baby. And he's born into an absolute mess. He's born uh, into the scandal of an unmarried woman being pregnant, He's born into uh, a time where you've got such an insecure leader that genocide's an option for him to deal with whatever king has just been born according to these astrologers. Uh, it's, uh, he becomes a refugee shortly afterwards. He's born into an absolute mess. This event that divided human history and our calendars into two parts may have had more animal witnesses than human witnesses. <laughs> Um, and the people involved in the story are just all a big mess. It's so, so encouraging. <laughs> you've, you've, got, uh, you've got the shepherds. 
Now, we're used to, like, the New Zealand shepherds, you know, getting behind, you know, it's like on their little bike, you've got to wear, you know, it's all washing and everything these days. It's all very sanitised on the old farm these days. Shepherds in this time were gang affiliate in our time. Like, hardcore. Like, they were unclean as as far as the... As far as the society was concerned, they were rough as guts, those sort of characters. And so these are the ones that witness, and I'm going to talk about this in a couple of Sundays coming, these are the ones that see the heavenly realm rejoicing as Jesus is born. They are the ones that are privileged to that information. The other group that get, uh, that get the lowdown are some astrologers. Talk about pushing your theology, friends. Like, you know, everyone gets a bit, my old man got real rocked up about the fact they had horoscopes in the Capity Mag, you know, the rag uh, back in the day, so you protested against it and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, mate, it's astrologers that God <laughs> discloses that this is all going down, you know. It's like, this is so hardcore. Uh, and so these were, again, these foreign astrologers were completely unclean as far as everyone else is concerned. And they saw this child and they engaged in an act of civil disobedience after they had seen the baby and they deceived Herod on the way home to protect the child. I mean, it's just a scandalous story. Again, the fact that he's born into this manger. Now, I just hate to break it to you, but animals aren't that clean and don't smell that nice. And they do doo-doos. <laughs> they do stinkies on the floor. Jesus is born into this mess that smells and it's, got, it's filled with the poopy thing. I've got to be careful because I'm preaching. Uh, it's, just, uh, <laughs> it's just so incredible. And here's my point this morning, and it's a short one, thankfully. It's just simply this. Jesus isn't afraid of mess. He's never been afraid of mess. God is not afraid of mess. And we love sanitizing our lives for Jesus and trying to appear like we've got it all together when we don't. And even it's good to follow on with, with this point uh, for after last week because the, you know, you're pushing your heart and Jesus said, don't be anxious for anything. And you can sit there and we're like, well, what about me with my anxiety disorder or my depression, all of that stuff? You don't have to sanitize your life for Jesus. You don't have to tidy up that room. In fact, he loves the mess. He can be born into it, and he wants to be born into your mess. He wants to be welcomed into that anxious place, into that depressed place, into that dysfunctional place. He's cool with that. The thing, if you learn anything in the Sermon on the Mount, is that he gets frustrated when people try and sort it all out and look like they've got it together when they're actually a mess. And the people that Jesus associated himself with, he loved hanging out with, were the messy people. He just adored messy people. Mike Iaconelli said this, in a fant- if this is ringing your bells, there's a book called Messy Spirituality by a guy called Mike Iaconelli. It's not an academic work. You know, I, love, I love the academic stuff. You know, there's some Bible nerds here that love all that. But every now and then you just need a good team talk in a book that's easy to read and you can finish real quick. Messy spirituality will encourage you if you think that's me. And this is what a wonderful author Mike Iaconelli says in his book, Messy Spirituality. Jesus is not repelled by us, no matter how messy we are, regardless of how incomplete we are. And when we recognize that Jesus is not discouraged by our humanity, is not turned off by our messiness, and simply doggedly pursues us in the face of it all, what else can we do but give in to his outrageous, indiscriminate love? So good. God would far rather have you messy than not have you at all. And so this morning, if you feel like you're a mess, it's all good. 
It's sweet as. In fact, he's partial to you. He is. You're kind of special to him. And all you need to do is invite him into mess. Because this is the story of Advent. A God that doesn't say distant from mess, but steps, as Eugene Peterson, he steps into the neighborhood. He's like, I'm in. I'm going to walk in your shoes. I'm going to deal with the brokenness around us. And ultimately, Advent leads us to the cross where he takes all of that upon himself so that we can have his righteousness. That's how much he loves us. But it begins with unbelievable vulnerability as he steps into this world. And the reality for every follower of Jesus is that that's always where it begins with him. Is that if you want to follow Jesus, the doorway is vulnerability. You've just got to admit you need him. And this is like, and the danger is, is that you can start to follow Jesus and take that first step, and it's a big one of vulnerability. I need you, God. I can't do this on my own. I want to be in right relationship with you. But then we try after that point to then be sorted. (laughs) Weird, eh? And it's like, actually, the secret to following Jesus is continued vulnerability. It's to say, I see your vulnerability and I reciprocate that with my vulnerability. Hide in my welcome. Welcome into my heart, into my mess, into my brokenness, into my shame, into my pain, into the things I'm embarrassed about, the things I don't have in control of my life, the addictions, whatever it may be. Hide in my welcome into this place. You are welcome here. And I just, and, and you know, you're never going to be judged or condemned or kicked up the backside, or made to feel small or little, you will feel nothing but his love in that place. Nothing but his love. Because that's what he came on earth for, is to step into mess. And so simply this morning, that's it. What I want to do is just give us some space this morning to receive his love afresh into those places. Into those places that were like, oh, I've been trying to hide this from you for way too long. There's a lot of energy involved in that. It's really hard on Sunday as well, especially when you're like, <laughs> I'm dying on the inside, but yee. And it's like, no, <laughs> you're right. It's just, it's just between, the, and it's, that's normal. It's okay. You know, I'm not expecting everyone to, <laughs> you've got to be wise. You've, yeah, the last, you've got to be wise about who you're vulnerable with in terms of the humans. Find some people that smell like Jesus and be vulnerable with them. Right? No, I'm serious. People that, that clearly you know you're going to receive grace and they're filled with wisdom and kindness, that's who you're vulnerable with and you select those people wisely and the rest of the people, you're all sweet, okay? Uh, but with Jesus, you can be 100% vulnerable even in this moment. He's, you can be completely vulnerable knowing that you'll, you'll receive his love. Let's just have a moment now to um, just receive that love this morning. Father, just come. We, wel- we welcome you, Lord, into the messy places of our lives. We welcome you, Lord, into the messy places. Lord, there's places that we, sometimes we don't, we, we don't even like looking at them ourselves, but they're there. Uh, habits we're ashamed of, thoughts that uh, we wish we didn't have, um, mental health issues that followers of Jesus shouldn't have, according to what we think. All that stuff that we just, but Lord, thank you that you love us. And you just doggedly pursue us with your love, even with our mess. So, Lord, we want to be a little manger to you today, Lord. We want to be a little manger with our little poopy bits and the smelly animals and the weird astrologers and the the mongrel shepherds and all that. We want to be that sort of heart to you today. So we just welcome you into our hearts, into all of those places. Pour out your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, just pour out your love in all of those places. Thank you, Father.